put yourself in a position where you can't retreat, where it's do or die, sink or swim. Here's what you'll find out. You'll develop incredible swimming skills. You'll find yourself stroking unlike you've ever seen before. Through the inspiration of desperation, you'll become more creative than ever before. Throw your whole self into it. All you can do is all you can do. And all you can do is enough. But make sure you do all you can do. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Burning the Boats podcast. Um, today's guest is Brittany Alexander. Uh, we met Brittany, actually, after we started the lending business. Brittany is in Virginia, right, Bill? Right. Yeah, Northern Virginia. Out of Virginia. Yep, her and her husband, real go-getters. Um, what's your what's your experience with Brittany or what's your uh, thoughts on the podcast? Yeah, so Brittany um, is... is been very, I've been very fortunate to be able to uh, interact with with Brittany a lot um, over the last few months, and it's just really cool what she's doing. Uh, yeah, she lives in Northern Virginia, but her real estate investing, and most of us down in the Outer Banks, a place that you know we absolutely love and vacation to, and so that that initially brought a lot of you know interest in what you know what she was doing. But at the more the more I'm around her, the more I talk to her, and we've done some you know property walkthroughs and things like that you know, the vision that she has around what she wants her business to be and really what, what she wants every project to be. Um, you know, she definitely has a vision for everything, but you know, her, her will to get through it, figure things out, get things done, you know, that, that really, you know, shines and everything she's doing and, and also just the excitement around it, right. She's, she wants to build something, something great. And, and, it, and it comes through and everything she does. But yeah, it's been great to be around her. She's very fun, um, always smiling and, and just happy to, to dive in and, and swing a hammer or whatever it is to, to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, uh, the times that I've interacted with her and, and talked with her um, and she'll go into it a little bit in the podcast. But Brittany, I would say her superpower is she is a visionary, right? Like she, she sees something and then she sees it through, finds a way to figure it out and, and makes her you know, dreams come reality. She talks about a little bit in the podcast how she looks for challenges. Like that is her goal within projects. She'll see a challenging project and she'll see what the outcome can be. Um, and it's really cool kind of how she walks us through that in her journey, um, both her and her, her husband's involvement in the business. So um, without further ado, hope you guys enjoy the podcast with uh, Brittany Alexander. Thanks. All right, Brittany Alexander, welcome to Burning the Boats. Hello. Thank you. Nice how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So are you coming to us from the beach today or from home? Where are you at? I am not. I'm coming to you from home. I am in Ashburn, Virginia right now, getting ready to leave. I'm packing up my truck. So, Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, Brittany, I'll, I'll kind of let you do a deeper dive into an introduction of you know who you are and what you have going on, but I'll, I'll kind of do it at a high level. Um, so we, we met you through, um, you're one of our borrowers uh, from from 608B Capitals. We met you through that connection. And recently, um, you know, you've, you've done a couple loans with us now. And it didn't take us long to realize that, like, you're with, with just a few years of experience in this game, you're, you're a pretty high-level operator. Um, you, you, you and your husband, y'all have a very structured process. Y'all are primarily right now invested in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Um, so... I'm going to let you dive into those details a little bit, but once we started kind of underwriting a few loans for you, but then kind of seeing the person and the, the ethics you guys have and, you know, the, what you stand for, we realized that, you know, you were um, going to be probably a more of a partner than a borrower, you know? So, I mean, it, it's been a good relationship we're building and, we were fortunate enough to a couple of weeks back, spend a little bit of time with you at one of the houses, one of the projects you have and got to walk through that. Um, so, but with that, I'll just turn it over to you and you can kind of walk us through, you know, where, what you're doing right now and then where you came from and how you got there. So, yeah. So yeah, what I'm doing right now, I mean, man, we are in the process of, I guess, fixing, renovating a property that we acquired in December with y'all um mm -hmm. we that was the second property that we've done and then we are wrapping up i'm we signed the lease 
and are handing over the keys on the 6th to a property that we just renovated. Um, it was needed extensive work once we got in, um, but we just finished up the first deal that we had done with y'all um, in the Outer Banks. And these are, one of them is going to be a long-term rental and the other one we are you know, thinking it's definitely gonna be better for short-term rental. It's near the beach. Um, previously, before meeting y'all, um, my husband and I had purchased six different properties in the Outer Banks. I guess one of them is uh, all in the same property, but uh, six different homes um, in the span of about a year and a half. Uh, during COVID, we had you know, kind of just stumbled upon the Outer Banks. I've always gone to North Carolina, like my family, Emerald Isle, Topsail Island, my entire life. So I've always had a love for the, you know, North Carolina coast, but we hadn't been to the Outer Banks since COVID. And it was, you know, a convenient place to bring our family. And we just fell in love with it. We had been looking at purchasing something in Ocean City, Maryland, kept getting outbid over and over again. And that's pretty much condos, you know, more condensed beach. So once we realized we could just up our budget a little bit and get, you know, a huge house, um, we did that. We renovated it because it needed a lot of work and um, we rented it out and it rented in three weeks. So, you know, right. paid our, paid our uh, down payment back and some in a, a matter of a few weeks. And so we were like, wow, we should try and do this again. So we found another property, bought that one. and then. We found another one, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there. And then as the market has started to slow down a little bit, um, as far as like rates go, um, I've sort of pivoted. I've heard the local people that live there saying they don't have anywhere to live. Um, rent is really expensive. Um, not that many people are looking to get into long-term rentals in that area. And so I just, you know, Saw an opportunity to purchase something that had been sitting around for a while, you know, add the value to it and then eventually refinance and, and hold it as a long-term rental. Because um, some of the areas that are on the Outer Banks aren't necessarily vacation homes, you know, they're, right. they're homes for people to live in. And that's, you know, we shouldn't be necessarily trying to turn those into Airbnbs. Right. So, so yeah, so we have done that. I just, like I said, rented that one out to a lovely family that I'm really excited got it. And um, yeah, now we're starting on the next project, which is this, um, you know, more extensive renovation. It's completely gutted. Um, so we are excited to get yeah. into that. We have no idea what we're doing. You said we were really organized and <laughs> I was like, oh, I am. Okay, good. Because we don't know what we're doing. This is, you know, I've renovated lots of homes and I can pick out, you know, anything. I, I do have some, what of an eye for that, or I can look at the magazine and apply the photo to real life. But, um, as far as, you know, using AutoCAD and like really needing to know how the space is laid out inch by inch, that's definitely new territory. So we are, we're learning and we're also learning about permitting and things yeah. like that. You know, the yeah. city's, actually shut us down. So we are in the process of writing the new permits now and working hand in hand. I mean, no big deal. They're very nice down there. So right. And and you mentioned that and you want to make sure you're doing things the right way. But yeah. Yeah. But and we and we we've talked through that a, a good bit because you know that obviously that's one of the projects we we've lent to you on. But <laughs> one thing was a couple things that stood out to me how you handled that situation as far as like being shut down. You didn't panic. No. And like you didn't panic at all. It was like, okay, this, this sucks. Now yeah. let's figure it out. You went straight into figure it out mode. And that like, I don't know if that's something that you have evolved to be that way or if that's just something like for your whole life, you've just been problem solver. I mean, that, no, can you speak to that a not. little bit? Yeah, definitely not. I My corporate background where I come from is you know, engineering, quality assurance. So finding what's wrong and then, you know, working or helping to get the solution. Some of it comes from that. Um, some of it comes from like, my husband is really no, like that's just a waste of time. 
you know, mm-hmm. freaking Love out it. is a yep. waste of time. Yep. And so of course you panic in the moment. You're like, Oh no, what am I going to do? But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, hiding it or trying to figure it out myself when I knew that, you know, you all have a great network, you know, what good is that going to do? And also like, we do need to come up with a solution. So let's get to that as quickly as we can. Um, I don't know. Something in this business makes me want to take the risk because it's fun for me. So, and I don't mean like risk, like, you know, money wise, but just like, oh, you're going to have to figure this out. And like, that is a risk in knowing that you're going to be able to get to that solution. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, I think also like the Outer Banks, people generally just want to help you out. There are the snakes and we've dealt with a lot of those people, but generally if you ask, people want to help. And so, and that's just found to be anything in life, but um, definitely down there. So we just have to ask enough people. People are busy. They might not be able to help right away, but there's going to be somebody eventually that's, you know, able and willing and always. Uh, and and you mentioned it in every walk of life, whether it's real estate, business, any other type of business or just personal life. It's, you know, it, it, I think it's, we all are guilty of being prideful a lot where we just want to be able to do, be able to show everybody else that we and ourselves that we can do things on our own. But for me, and this is recent within the last few years, but the realization that, there's a lot of other people out there trying to do the same stuff I'm doing. We can all, you know, the, the rising tide moves all boats, right? Lifts all boats. So if we can all collaborate and just eliminate the people from our lives that are not on board, you know, are trying to hold us down and stuff, you know, a lot of people have that crabs in a bucket mentality, you know, they're pulling everybody else down, but most people don't. And most people want to help you see you exceed or succeed and then have that back and forth of the, the same vibe and, and whatnot. And it took me a lot of years to realize that, you know, I was always so guarded with what I was doing because I was like, I, I'm going to figure this out by myself and I don't need somebody pulling me down. And then when you, just like you said, you open your eyes to no, there's a lot of good people out there that want to genuinely help. And it's okay to allow them to help you because it only, you know, scales things better. So, I love that that mentality. I also, through that situation, one other thing that I absolutely loved was you took ownership of it right away. You uh, and and one of the, I wish I could show right now, but one of the texts you sent me was like, "It's easy to." The inspector came there; he was very nice, but y'all had just overlooked one of the the code rules, um, how they do things down there. In Carolina, which is unique, but and we, we don't have to get into all those details, but y'all overlooked that and he had to, he had no choice. He had to shut the job down until y'all fixed that particular issue. Well, you didn't point fingers. You didn't say, oh, North Carolina, their rules are stupid. We've got to fight this and blah, blah, blah. You said, nope. I went back. I looked at the rules. He's right. There's nothing I can do about it. We should have looked at this a little bit closer. We didn't. It's still a good deal. Let's fix it. And I, Brittany, I, I, you know, you guys are just a couple years into this like real estate journey, but to already have that mindset, you are light years ahead of folks that have 20 years of experience on you. I'm telling you, because that's a very, very difficult mindset to have because naturally we don't want to own things. You know, we don't want to take ownership when things are going bad because it, again, ego and pride, but you, you're willing to do it. And, and it's very impressive. So that, you know, again, it goes back to those things we saw very quickly with, with you guys. And, um, you know, we knew for sure it's, we wanted to do business with you. So now, I mean, go you back. Guys are the first people that we've borrowed, you know, money right. from in a yeah. non-traditional way. I, again, not that I steered clear of it, but I didn't really, I didn't feel confident enough about any of the deals that I was seeing to step to take that step. Once I had that deal and I knew that they were, again, there's really so many conventional loans you can purchase a year. Right. So it's like, once I had hit that number, I'm like, okay, well, somebody has to buy this, you know, like I I got, I'll find the money. So yeah, but 
But I, I remember looking at that the first deal, uh, the one that you're going to have the long-term renter mm -hmm. in. And I knew that area. I've known the Outer Banks very well forever. And I, I think I told you, I said, if you back out, I'm buying this deal. So, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I, I hope that gave you more confidence to move forward with it because I meant that. Like, it was a good deal, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. we're happy to lend on it. But, you know, if you hadn't have bought it, I would have swooped in there and gotten it. So, I know. <laughs> yep. But um, it's so funny what, though, what, that deal sat on the market. So, it's just, it that's really. That's where I'm going right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, that's sat on the market in, a, in an area. The Outer Banks, which most stuff doesn't sit on the market. I mean, there's, you know, it, it's up and down. But a lot of times if it's a decent deal or a halfway decent deal, it's it's going to be, you know, swooped up by somebody. But you saw you, you saw something that had been on the market for a while and then you got creative and you figured out, OK, this it was a manufactured home. And there's a couple steps you had to go through to make it eligible for what you wanted to do with it um, on the back end. And you did the numbers, you negotiated with the seller, you worked it out where it made sense for both sides and you made something out of what everybody else viewed as nothing. So again, that is your, your light years ahead of most people there. Um, and you've already kind of answered this question, but where that comes from, it sounds like, you know, uh, your, I guess your career and your experience in the, corporate world just figuring out problems you know you don't see things and brush them off as i'm not going to mess with it no how can i fix this and and it's proven to be good so yeah it's worked out so far uh, yeah. it's taking a lot of what i've learned over the years we and we have done long-term rentals here we were using doing the method of you know you move into a place without even really knowing it right like you move into a place, you live there for a year, you move somewhere else, you know, and renovating along the way. Um, and I bought my first house or my primary residence that I live in now in foreclosure. So out of foreclosure. So it's like, you know, yeah. mold and nasty mm -hmm. kitchen tables, right. <laughs> putting out cigarette butts on my kids' right. countertops, you know, uh, like, so I've seen it all. It's just yep. adding value. That's people tend to want it to be easy. And so if you find the things that, you know, the more established people, maybe they don't want to touch, then, you know, if you're willing to add the value, Outer Banks is an area where there's a lot of history and a lot of the people that are in real estate are, you know, they've been there a long time. So they don't need to mess with, you know, the manufactured home that's cracking in half. Like they don't want to touch that. But yeah. for me, it's like, that's, that's a lot of money sitting around, you know, that or a home for someone that is just sitting vacant. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the way that I see it. There's a lot of opportunity, homes that are, uh, you know, not being taken care of, uh, distressed. And why not, you know, why not yeah. allow somebody yeah. else to fix it up or. or and I, I love, so again, this you, you you went to the Outer Banks after COVID or really during COVID, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, the name of your company is Coastal Distancing. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that, I I didn't know the story, but I was like, there's got to be a COVID play there, Coastal Distancing. But um, so let's let's sit there for a second. You you said you guys have currently six, uh, well, not including the two projects you have, but six. Mm -hmm properties down there on the Outer Banks. Um, are they all short-term rentals? They are. Yeah. Yep. And you manage them yourself? I do not. I have okay. a management company. Salt Coast Host is who okay. I use in the Outer okay. Banks. They're great. Um, I've jumped around a little bit with management companies. That can be a little bit tricky. I think COVID um, hit the Outer Banks. Like it was the slower place to go only seasonal and now it's pretty much year round um so that's been a shift so but yeah we don't self-manage as of now i might dip my toe into that one day but i, I think i'm going to start with one yeah one and then maybe go from there but again i also necessarily do not have the time for guest management i started yeah. to maybe think about it last year and i was like oh we can save money we'll do it and then they were like what day do you have this? You know, I mean, I got, you know, six properties. They're just asking me these random questions. I'm just like, 
oh, I got to hire somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we Bill and I have uh, a single family house um, in Virginia that we are converting to a midterm rental. And initially we were going to manage it ourselves. And then, you know, we got too much going on. Like yeah. let's, and so we, we decided quickly not to do that because number one, like you said, midterm rentals are a little bit different. They're going to be there for at least 30 days. It's not every week turnover and you're dealing with, you know, a bunch of stuff, but still, I don't even want to manage the long-term rentals, you know, which are, can be pretty low maintenance, but it's just my, my mindset. And I know a lot of people look at it like, let's save the money and bring the management in-house and, and do it themselves. And that's great. And that works for some people. But my mindset is the amount of time and energy it takes to do that properly and keep a satisfied tenant is taking time and energy away from me scaling what I, I need to grow, you know? So I, I just, it's a calculated cost and or expense. Um, yeah. No, that's, I really believe that too. I just, yeah. at a certain point, it's like, which you know, this, like nobody cares more than you do. Right. Right. So when I see consistently, and this is not with my current management company, that's why I switched. They're much more hands-on. But when you see that, you know, it's just being borderline neglected, you know, you're like, okay, right. Let me just do it myself. But even still, you know, it's like, okay, time is money. And you really need the ability to have, not have to be tied to managing and maintaining and conversing with. Uh, and I feel like it also gives that uh, buffer, right? Like sometimes, especially with the midterm and short-term rentals, I've seen in I told you I've been designing a few of these midterm rentals for people. The people who are, they talk very aggressively sometimes to the people that are managing them. And it's yeah. like, ooh, I don't, I don't think I could handle that and still allow you to rent, you know? Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. And I, I prefer like our long-term rental our rentals, if I have to show up at a property. I don't even want them to know that I own it. You know, I, I'm just, I'm a handyman, you know, yeah. and, and I, that's by design because I just don't, well, for me personally, I did self-manage my first few rentals and it was a crap show. Like I, I was too soft. Uh, you know, I would let first person complain or not complain, but say it's Christmas, you know, can we get a, a oh yeah, yeah. Just pay me next June. That's, it's all good. And next thing you know, they owe me 10 grand, you know? Yeah. I, I'm very aware that I'm uh, too much of a softie to, to manage anything like that. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to get into more mindset stuff because one thing, another thing that I've noticed about you and your family, y'all are very close. And I, I'm basing this off just conversations and stuff I see on your social media, but that seems to be, y'all are very close. Y'all are a, a nice little team. And, Y'all are very, seem to be very focused on just health, positivity, all the boxes that, that, you know, we're, we're trying to strive for as well. Um, so if you could talk a little bit about, I, I guess, just, just from a family aspect, the motivation that gives you and your husband to make something bigger for your boys. You know, I, I know you got two young boys and, they're growing up and they're watching every move you make. How often and how much do you think about them as you're making these decisions? I mean, that's really why we're doing everything yeah. that we're doing. It, it totally is. I mean, I think for me, when I look at my life, I had to make decisions based off of not what my passion was, but how do I make the most amount of money, right? Like, how am I going to, because again, I do want to live and provide my family with a certain lifestyle. So for a lot of my life, it was like going after the money, right? So that we can live, you know, great. Then I sort of switched my mindset once we, I don't know what point it really just got old working for, you know, the same companies and it's the same thing over and over. Um, I was like, you know, let's build something so that one day we don't have to do this anymore. Right. And then we can give that to our kids, the gift of, choose what you want to do yep. side, you know, now you don't need to know that, right. I'm not telling you that you have this ability to, you know, that this will help you to establish what your passion is, but 
I want you to be able to choose what you want to do and not be driven by money or having to make decisions around that. Have, again, enough set aside for you that one, you're going to be able to decide where and what education you want. And, you know, what do you want to do with your life? If that's music teacher, great. You're going to be able to live and sustain that and go fulfill that because I think I love real estate, right? I will talk about real estate all day. I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing with my life, but getting to the point of like, okay, now you can, that has been like, I don't want to say a struggle, but yeah, I mean, we're still going through it. There's stuff every day that comes up. That's like, oh man, not, but not, I wish I didn't get into this. You know, it's more of like, it's hard, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. to get this business established. So, and it's, you know, there's a lot of money. Like this is our life savings. And in, in some of these instances going into this, like if it doesn't work out or if the Outer Banks gets flattened in a hurricane, like, right. you know, that's, that's very real, you know, think yep. about worst case scenarios. So, um, but yeah, I mean, my family is, that's why we're doing everything that we do. Um, you know, my husband and I, Alan are, you know, of course we're close and of course we love each other, but he is really like, uh, you know, the brainchild of all of this, he's kind of brought me along, I would say. And I don't know why that man has brought me along with him, but <laughs> I, you know, I really, this is a lot of this is his sort of learning by osmosis and seeing like, this is why wouldn't you put your best foot forward every day? You know, I used to say, oh, it's just a bad day. And I remember he told me one time, no, there's no such thing as a bad day. Like maybe a bad moment or, you know, something bad happened, but like, you're basically deciding that based off of one event that your whole day is ruined and like that, it's just. So can I, I'm going to ask you, you just triggered a thought. Yeah. So that's exactly how I am. I I am obnoxiously positive Um, to a flaw. I think so. And I'm very aware of that. Um, So in my former career, you know, I realized like, not all the time do people want to hear my positive spin on crap. Like sometimes things suck, you know, and they just suck. And I have to acknowledge that. But so back to what you just said, as a wife to someone who has that mindset, um, I have a wife that sounds very similar. She's dealing with me constantly saying, Oh, we'll figure it out. It's not a big deal. It's all good. Why are we going to waste time stressing about that? Anxiety is stupid. Let's blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And I hear it and, and she's, she's getting better about getting on board with being positive. But every once in a while I hear that. I don't want to hear your positive BS today. Shut your mouth. You know, you still find yourself in that, in that lane sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh right. yeah, okay. for sure. Because uh, you know, I wasn't yeah. born this way. Right. So, but I think he's first generation. Like you know, he's an he's an immigrant. So yeah, it was harder. You yeah. know, it it could be worse. You know, you could not have running water. Like that is the reality of where he came from. So it's just it's really not that bad. And we will figure it out. I mean, he tells our kids all the time, like, oh, we're broke. We don't have money for that. We don't have money. But in reality, like we are not, we have infinitely more. If we want to figure it out, we will figure it out. You know, it's Mm -hmm. really, it is just a mindset thing. And I think, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but it truly is a, you know, all about your mentality. And that conveys, I mean, same thing with you, Jason, like it conveys if you're doing what you love and you're positive about it, people will be attracted to that no matter what, you don't have to say anything, you know? So I just, just seeing that and knowing like he can get people to do anything. You know how many times we sat in first class, gotten rental car upgrades because he's just nice, genuinely hi, you know, smiling all the time. And it's like, Oh, you know, at 4 a.m., it's like, <laughs> what is going on? But, um, and there's no drugs involved, you know? Right. It's like, what is wrong with you? But <laughs> hey, he's dancing in the mirror at 4 a.m., going again, going to work by choice because he wants to get up early or he wants to go to the gym beforehand. Just again, putting the pieces together in realizing that, you know, 
exercise and cold therapy and, you know, just genuinely being positive or shunning negative thoughts. I have, I, I'm not necessarily the most positive person. I will say that, but I know that it is a waste of time and it is not getting me anywhere. Like I'm totally on board with that on my worst day. Am I like, Oh gosh, like, you know, I can't, I can't do that mindset yeah. today, of course, <laughs> but you know, everybody, maybe not you and Alanton, but everybody has some of those. So I think oh, it's for sure. And I, and I do. And I, you know, a lot, sometimes when I'm putting up that super positive front, I mean, really, this is no joke. I, I, I have had this mindset for so many years of, I just have to train my brain to think that everything's okay. Right. So even in times where like, I just want to say, screw it. I, I'm, I don't want to talk to anybody today. I'm done. I have to force myself to say, even pretend almost like be fake with it sometimes. And, and I don't mind saying that. Like I have to fake positivity until I get out of that rut. And then it just, it falls back into who I naturally am. So, um, so yeah, I'm certainly not a hundred percent positive all the time. I'd say it's probably more like 75%, 25%. If, if you put me on a lie detector, you know, I'd be lying my ass off cause I'm yeah. not that positive in that moment. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's just about for me and it sounds like he's the same way is trying to force that mindset in all things. And you know, who sees it most, I, I feel this way anyway, is my kids and y'all's kids. Like they, they don't see me ever freaking out about anything. Now my son, he's a handful my young, you know, he's seven and he tests me to the end. So he, he gets to see angry dad every once in a while, but yeah. for the most part, they see composure in the face of adversity and it's training them to like, okay, this is how daddy and mama handle things, mostly daddy. Um, and this is how we're going to learn to handle things. And I think, I think that's shaping them. They're kids now they're little, but it's planting these seeds in their brain where as they become mature and into adulthood, they're going to want to mimic what they saw work in their house, you know? So yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. Definitely. So I yep. think, you know, just teaching that mindset, if I was, cause I don't think anyone that I knew growing up even knew it's like, of course, you know, the nice people and, oh, they make people feel good. But what does that actually mean? Right? Like, what does that actually equate to? It's a mindset. They wake up and decide that that is who they're going to be. And that yep. is what they want. And they see that life is most productive lived that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I could get, I remember during COVID, I used to turn on the news every day yeah, and just sit there and just, oh my gosh. And the numbers are going up and then this and then that. And it's like, you will find negativity if you want to, you oh, will. Ed, you don't have to look far. Yeah. So you will, I mean, you can easily make yourself to me sick because you're taking in negative information. I was watching something recently. I think it was another podcast something Cody Sanchez had said, and she was saying like, eventually the information that you take in will make you sick. And like, if you look at kind of why we are in the place that we are today, it's because people do take in constantly from their phones, from their watches, from their TVs, negative information or just information overload. And then, you know, you can't process it and you yep. become either paralyzed with the information and, or what I think is what happened to me during COVID is like almost depressed about it. Like, how could you not be depressed watching the information, not being able to do anything stuck at home? You know, it's just like that cycle. So I don't know. Yeah. I try to, you know, I've been back and forth on the road a lot, but we definitely stick to like an exercise routine. I go to orange theory fitness a lot. That's like my go to uh boxing i do a lot of that rumble boxing um and then oh cry see i do cryotherapy you do okay. the whole cold yeah i can't get in the water that's yes you can yes, that you is can. different i can <laughs> right. you saw me i plunged in yeah. and yeah. then i plunged out but the staying in part of it in the water or at least 
yeah, that that's right. It, so this and again, the talking about the cold plunge. Yeah. If this is the first time, like I've, I've been doing it for, I don't know, it's probably going on seven or eight weeks now, but I've been like documenting it as we've gotten into the new year. But prior to this, I, I didn't like jumping in my pool when in the middle of July when it's 100 degrees outside. Like it's just always cold to me. And, you know, I'd have to ease my way in and it was never comfortable. When I go to Outer Banks, I love being in the ocean. Absolutely love it but it's always cold to me. Like I have to get numb to it. So to do this and now 30 something degree water, it is torturous for me. So you can do it. I promise you can do it. So. I can, I'll do, see, I'm, I'll do anything at least once to prove yeah. that I can do it. Okay. Like my best friend's riding down there with me. She's always forcing me to do cryo like longer. What I'll is cryo? It. It's, it's an ice chamber, negative, like, 50 degrees. Uh, so it's, you're getting, you're getting the same effect. It's the just same not effect. water on you. You just don't have to get actually wet in yeah, the right. water. So I feel right. like you're able to warm up quicker. That's, yeah. that's why I'm saying I can do it, but then consistently to actually see the effects. I don't know if I can trick my mind every day. Like you are, I see you on there. I'm like, yeah. again, <laughs> okay. All right. But you have your goal and I know you're going to get there because you said it, you said I it have to, that, that, and uh, I know a lot of, so <laughs> that's another thing. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll start wrapping this thing up here in a little bit, but when, <laughs> before I got into real estate um, and especially before I left my corporate job over a year ago now, but I, I had the only thing on social media for me, like I would consume a lot. I'd see everybody else's stuff and I'd be on it just as much as the next person but I never really put much out there other than like pictures of my kids and us doing stuff like that. But I always knew that once I go into business on my own full time, I had to start getting stuff out there, you know, just to kind of brand myself or whatever, you know, just to, to build on whatever I'm doing. Well, in doing that over the last year, I have found it to be a layer of accountability for like these workout challenges and now the cold plunge. And again, it's just mentally tricking myself. So the reason I post that, like everybody that knows me or has known me, they're probably rolling their eyes. Like what the hell? Jason thinks he's an influencer now. So I, I don't at all, but what's really going on is I post it over and over every day because now I can't stop because everybody I'm exposing that I'm trying to do this goal. and I don't like posting it as any more than some people don't like seeing it, but I have to do it. Like I'm committed now. Yeah. If I wasn't posting it, I promise you, I would have made it to about the 10th plunge and said, screw this. Nobody knows. I'm not even going to talk about it. You know? So exactly. that's why I do it. But um, no, anyway. I love it. Yeah. So it. we'll, um, I'm going to ask you a few questions kind of as we, we tie this up. Um, let's start with, and and I know you you mentioned your husband and your kids, so we'll, we'll exclude them from this question, okay? But name two or three people in your life, um, and you can go as, as deep in this as you want, but two or three people in your life, like if your life was a movie, who would be the superheroes in your movie, excluding your husband and kids? Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely my mom. Uh, my mom's single mom, raised me by herself from two on. Um, I actually grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, so oh, wow. I'm not from the East Coast at all. Okay. But she lived out there by herself. Um, I was a definitely a troubled teenage child. I was not uh, fun to uh, be uh, around when I was younger. So she just, she loved me through it all. And even now, like, she's our co-parent. You know, she has definitely stepped up and she's retired now. So she can uh, help us with the kids and all. And I mean, just she's been through a lot and never once did she make me feel like I had less than people who had, you know, the most money that I know growing up. They thought we were, they thought that we were on the same level because she worked her, you know, ass off to get it done. And I did not realize, you know, you don't realize that kind of stuff growing up. You're selfish and you don't realize it. But 
it's hard to provide your kids with a life, you know, especially on your own. I, I can't imagine doing it and not having any support. I have, you know, my other superhero, but um, I, you know, that she's definitely number one. Um, number two is probably my grandparents. They were, you know, they were her co-parents when I was growing up and I used to stay. Um, my grandfather actually passed away when I was eight years old. So I was young, um, but he made a huge impact on me. Um, he actually drowned in the, uh, in North Carolina. Yeah. So that like, also, I feel like has a tie to why I'm so like, I feel like they're proud of me. Like that was always our place. Like North Carolina coast is always our place. So, um, but then my grandma, you know, again, paid for most of my college, um, really, you know, even when I was getting into it with my mom when I was a teenager, you know, she always had my back and right. stood up for me, you know, she's just amazing. And um, she was able to kind of, like I said, choose what she wanted to do in life more so. Um, and really her whole uh, career was, you know, uh, early childhood education in the preschool, you know, working for nothing, working for free most of the time, just to have access to kids and, and teach young children. And like, she made such an impact on my life growing up. Um, you're, you're, um, you're giving me goosebumps right now because oh. yeah, I, I, you probably know by now. I didn't know this about you, but, um, you know, I, I was raised by a single mom as well and, uh, lots of struggles. But one thing you said there that, um, and I, I'll, I get emotional about this stuff. I, you know, I don't mind <laughs> saying that, but my yeah. mom, and it sounds like yours was the same way. Her ability to never, ever, I never knew we didn't have anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see certain things like, you know, yeah, my dad wasn't around. Okay. That's not normal. But, yeah. but like from a material standpoint, I never felt like I was a poor kid. You know, we always had a good Christmas. We were always happy and laughing. And now she's probably crying her eyes out every night going to bed because I, she don't know how she's going to make, you know, feed us tomorrow. But we never saw that. And and just to hear um, a lot of people go through that, you know, with a single mom or, or a single dad, but they feel the struggle, right? The, the um, it takes, it takes a special person to be able to go through that. And then the people that are relying on them to go through it, not really know what they're going through. That that takes a special human being. And um, so it sounds like I'm glad. You, and there's no question. You you talked about a few things that shape what you're doing now. No doubt that's one of them. And that goes way back. So, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember growing up, our real estate agent was really good friends with my mom. And I just thought she was the coolest. Like, <laughs> right. I remember her name and like her yeah. call. I remember everything. And I was like, I want to do that when I grow up. Then I got to you know, the, a certain point. And I was like, well, the real estate agent gets the percentage and I, I'm just going to buy the places and Love then it. we'll, we'll yeah. go that way. But, right. but yeah. yeah, no, that's good. And, um, and you, you mentioned grandma paying for most of college. I got to throw this out there. Mm -hmm. You're a Radford alumni mm -hmm. also. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, several years behind Bill and I, but, um, yeah. as everybody knows, 608B capital came from our apartment at Radford and Brittany, you were there what, like the early 12. 2012. Okay. Yeah. We were about 10 years ahead of you. So, <laughs> but, um, oh, I love Rafford. It, it, I mean, yeah. I absolutely love everything I got from it. So. Been back in so long, but someone was sending me photos the other day and it crazy. looked completely different. Like, you wouldn't recognize like dang, it. I should have invested there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, all right. Last question I'll hit you with is, and we like to give our listeners like, one or two practical things they can take away from this and go buy a book or subscribe to a podcast um, that you recommend. So do you have anything like that in mind that you want to share with folks? I guess the book I'm reading right now is people by you. Uh, I don't think it really fits in with this necessarily, but um, maybe a good one to start with is good to great. I feel like a lot of people are operating in a place where, um, you know, they're 
cert, like every one of my neighbors, right? Like they're doing good for themselves, right? They're surviving, they're working their nine to five job and they're doing good, but they want to level up a little bit. And I feel like this kind of taught me some of that. Um, podcast, like I said, Cody Sanchez, I listen to everything that they do. Um, yeah. I piece together a lot of things that I hear, like, for instance, like Pace Morby has a really interesting mentality, but at the same time, I don't necessarily feel comfortable with maybe like looking into or vetting uh, foreclosure lists or things like that. So I just kind of take certain tidbits, listen to a lot of different information and take what I think is going to work from what I know, you know, because it's, yeah. it's not a one size fits all. Like you have to start with what is your personal situation? and kind of branch out from there. I have friends who have newborn kids, right? And they're like, we wish we could do what you do. And I'm like, but I'm in the car every weekend, dragging mm -hmm. my kids around. Like, you can't do that. So like, start where you are, um, assess your situation and and kind of go from there. Because I do, I guess one of the more radical ideas that I have is like, I do think that we are in a time where, you know, if you're not holding on to assets, the value of things are going to become so expensive that what you're making is not going to cover that. And we're seeing that start at a very low income level, mm -hmm. right? And it's going to work its way up because the dollar isn't going to get more valuable. Right. So, you know, I just think that we have to work hard now to kind of generate some of that, not necessarily passive income, but assets, holding things that actually have a physical value. Yeah. yeah. So. And in doing so you're creating a legacy, you know, for those that are behind you. And, um, and you're, you guys are just getting going. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you're a few years so. like hardcore into this, but I, I know with the grit you have and the willingness you both have to just get it done. I, I know that some big things are coming. Um, where do you see, the next 12 to 24 months, um, do you guys, are you still looking to acquire property, buy and hold, flip? Where is it going to go from here, you think? Definitely. I'm always looking to acquire more. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to get into some more flips. Um, that's probably what I'm looking for. It just, I, I tell people all the time, though, I'm not stuck to one strategy. What works for the deal, explore that, and then we can go from there because it might not make sense to sell. It might make sense to hold. And that's kind of what I did with this last deal. It's like, we're kind of, let's be flexible. If I, if I want to hold it, great. If I don't cool, you know, let's make sure it works all around. And um, yeah, so I kind of analyze all of my deals right now for various different yeah. strategies, but I, I try to stick with my one rule right now is does it work as a long-term rental? Yep, and if that, it works as a long-term rental, then Perfect. we're buying it. Yes. So that's, that's Bill and I, when we were, um, I mean, we rolled with the Burr strategy for several years and that's how we accumulated our, most of our portfolio, but that's how we looked at everything. Worst case scenario, which ultimately most of our pro properties, all of them are long-term rentals, except the one we're getting ready to put into a midterm rental. But um, if we were buying it with the intent to flip it, we had to make sure that if the market tanked and we had to hold this thing and refinance out of it and, and rent it, it still at least broke even and allowed us to cover the expenses. And if it checked that, that box and it, ha and it happened to one of our houses in Williamsburg, we, we bought it. Um, well, originally we bought it as a short-term rental that got shut down Then we were going to flip it. Um, market tanked, rates went up. So we held it as a long-term rental and it's working. Um, so you got to have like, like you said, the worst case scenario exit strategy. And if it works for that, if you can do anything better than that, it's just icing on the cake. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah like and it. I think we're all going to be happy we're holding on to these properties oh, at yeah. the end of the day, too. So like, we, we got one now. Uh, I won't bore you with it, but we, it's an apartment in Norfolk um, that has a major septic issue and it's got a high price on it um, to fix it. And we're working through that. Um, but it's like every time we've turned a corner with that property, something else hits us in the head. But no matter what, there's no scenario I can look at that 10 years from now, 
we're not going to be happy that we bought this thing. Yeah. Like yeah. it's going to work out, you know, so we just, we got a lot of money tied up in it. It hurts right now, but it's going to work out, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. um, all right. So, uh, Brittany, I want you, I know you're very active on, um, social media, um, oh, yeah. y'all's website, uh, obxcd.com. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I see it there at the bottom. obxcd.com. That's my website. And then yeah. I run a lot of different social media accounts, but my oh. main one is obx coastal dunes. Okay. Um, that is my Instagram handle. I post a lot of drone video there. All of our properties are kind of linked together on that. So yeah, that's my name. We'll, um, we'll link that in the show notes so everybody can kind of follow your journey. Cause I, the stuff you're, I mean, we, we very quickly realized that all the marketing type stuff for our business is not to be handled by us. So we, we've hired that out we have yeah. somebody handling it, it, but you do a very good job um, at curating the info that goes out and um, you know, it, it reels me in. So for oh, sure it works. but everybody check that out. And um, Brittany, I, I thank you for coming on the next time we do this. Um, it's going to be at one of your properties with the ocean in the background in person. Yes. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll schedule that out for sometime during the summer. So yeah, right. let's do it. Yep. Sure. But I appreciate you. You're heading down to the beach today, right? Yep. I'm heading yep. out so right now. Go, go get after it. Uh, good luck with everything. Be safe. And thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks, Jason. See you All later. All right. Have a good one. Well, this concludes another episode of Burning the Boats podcast. Hope you all got as much value from that um, as I know I certainly did. Um, and continue to join us each week moving forward. We release episodes on um, every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, those are our interview style podcasts. And then every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern um, is our weekly ramble. So we'd appreciate um, you know following you following along and sharing with your friends. And you know if you could take a few seconds to whatever platform you're listening on, um, hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, same on YouTube as well. Um, we're not doing this uh, for any type of monetary gain. This we make nothing off this podcast, but we're doing it more than anything else to provide value and hopefully connect people um, with, you know, folks in our network and, and whatnot. So hope you enjoy that. And you can always help us provide more value by getting it out to more folks. Um, so please like, and subscribe and share with all your friends. As always, the burning the boats podcast is presented by 608 B capital. Um, we are a short-term real estate lending fund. Um, so if you have, we offer investment opportunity for passive investors. So if you have a need for that, please reach out. And we also offer obviously real estate loans for fix and flippers, buy and holders and whatnot. Um, so if you have any of those needs, um, all of our information will be down in the show notes. Um, but with that, we appreciate you listening or watching as always, and we'll see you next time on burning the boats podcast.